Welcome to the Land Jam Podcast, a semi-friendly discussion between two blokes on watches, cars, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Tommy and Sanjeev. Welcome to a Land Jam Short, 50 Fathoms Under the Sea. That's a Jules Verne uh, reference, right, Sanj? Uh, I don't know. Wasn't that like that Disney... What was that Disney movie uh, that had Under the Sea? You're talking about the Little Mermaid? Oh, Little Mermaid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should rename this episode The Little Mermaid. <laughs> the Little Little Mermaid, Under the Sea. Under the Sea. But what are we actually talking about? Oh, we're talking about the Blanc Parent 50 Fathoms. Specifically, the Block Pan 50 Fathoms Mill Spec Limited Edition for Hedinki. Ooh, wow. Okay. All right. So, so it's basically a collab between um, Hedinki, which is, as you know, you know, and many of the watch enthusiasts know, it's, it's a great uh, website slash resource for watch aficionados and watch watches in particular. Um, so previously, they you know, collabed on a 50 Fathoms. They called it the 50 Fathoms Bathescape limited edition. And it was a great success. So they came back and collabed and created the 50 Fathoms Mill Spec limited edition. Wow. So um, true, they want to keep it um, true to its original intent. So it's based on the Mill Spec iteration of the 50 Fathoms. So to the listeners out there who have never heard of the 50 Fathoms, it was, you know, it's, it's basically the first true dive watch um, that, that w- came into the, the mainstream. Um, and it was introduced in 1953. And, and it was initially commissioned by the French forces, specifically the French frogmen. And it, the French so the frogmen French was... Navy divers. Yes, exactly. Which was created in 1952 by the Ministry of Defense, and it was created by Captain Robert Bob Malubier. I, terrib- I'm, I'm horrible, so I apologize if I completely screwed the name, a pronunciation wrong, and Lieutenant Claude Rifford, and they wanted to have a watch that is capable of high water resistance, the ability to be legible when they go deep sea diving. So have something that can glow in the dark and specifically a rotating bezel so they can line up with the minute hand to kind of compute the dive time to see how much oxygen they have left in the tank. So they call out and in 1953, the 50 Fathoms uh, came uh, came into its creation. And there's a great article by Monochrome Watches that covers the history of the 50 Fathoms. But the reason why it's called the 50 Fathoms because it's the first watch came out and was water resistant to 50 Fathoms, which is about 91 meters. Okay. So let's just say close to 100 meters water resistant, which if you can think about it back in the day, was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so going back to the limited edition hodinki special um it's inspired by the like i said the mill spec iteration used by the u.s navy and blanc you know kind of broke ground in in the u.s with this um with this watch which was contracted by the u.s navy in about 1955 
Um, so they already had a watch that they had, you know, they were using with the French frogmen and the U.S. Navy came, you know, provided a list of requirements. Um, so Blancpain was already, didn't have to redo um, the development of the watch. They just have to cater to the specific requirements of the U.S. Navy. But one of the cool things that they included, which I've actually never seen in any other dive watch or many other watches in particular, is the moisture indicator, which the, the limited edition has. So if, if you see the watch, Tommy, uh, above the six o'clock, there's a, a disc, which An is orange half red. And white disc, right. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, water, you know, the watch is really good at being water resistant. But if there's uh, this indicator captures the fact that if there's any moisture or water that leaks into the watch, the top half actually becomes red as well. Oh, I see. OK. To show that it's been breached. It, correct. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, the Collab limited edition watch kind of brings back that unique feature. Um, and they try to keep the watch true to form. Um, it's about 40 millimeters. And um, they kind of keep it as plain as possible, just making it kind of like a vintage tool watch. So no date indicator. Um, the same kind of bezel that they used back in the day for the original Millspec watch. Um, and everything being luminous there. And they even provided the NATO strap. So I think in 1958, the U.S. Navy wanted to do additional testing. And I think they were so impressed with Blancpain at, and between 1950 and 59, with the NATO strap and everything in particular, they, they deemed it, uh, you know, the, the, the best of the bunch. There was also a controversy, not a controversy, but a side story where um, for the U.S. contract, they had a subdivision called Tornick Rayville. Do you know the story? It's like basically the same exact watch as the Blancpain, but it was a yes. Tornick Rayville version of that watch, which is highly yes. collectible. Yeah. And I think they actually show a picture. If you go to yes. the Hedinki site, they show the original, the limited edition, and the Tornick Rayville that you just talked about. And yeah, it is basically identical. Um, so if you compare the limited edition to the original, it is more or less true to form. Um, you know, it's a little bit different when you look at the lugs and also the crown and the crown guard that comes along with it with the limited edition. Yeah. But apart from that, it is very, very close. Maybe like the bezel at the 12 o'clock where, you know, you align it to the uh, minute hand. That's yeah. an inverted triangle before. And the and the Tornick Ravel is also inverted triangle, but on the original bonk pan or an early iteration, you know, that may have been also a diamond as well. Um, but I think they did a, a great job trying to capture that vintage vibe. Yeah. And it's, it's actually a very impressive watch as well. I mean, it's 300 meters water resistant. Um, it's got its own in-house movement, keeping in mind that Blancpain is under the swatch group, but because it's a, uh, in, in the Swatch Pyramid, it's deemed a uh, upper high-end uh, brand. You know, they, they have the liberty to have work on their own movement. And it's got a 96-hour power reserve. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty impressive. And the ballast spring is, you know, silicone. So to prevent any interference for any possible anti-magnetic, you know, it makes it automatically anti-magnetic. And also, there's some friction capabilities that makes it better. So... 
It's got your favorite thing, Tommy, which is the display case back. Oh, wow. That uh, is controversial. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a limited edition watch. How many people are going to wear this in the sea? That's true. That's true. I mean, so, okay. So, okay. I, I, I like the moisture indicator. I like that it's historically sized correctly, about 40 millimeters. Um, so what are your thoughts, Sanch? Is this a shameless money grab for weirdos that like old watches? Or is this something truly unique? What, what, what's the bottom line? I, I think, to me personally, it's a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a, a really nice looking watch. Uh, and I think they wanted to capture that 1950s vibe of what the dive watch was. And I think they did a great job. The problem is, as you know, Tommy, I'm a cheap, cheap guy. Yeah. Uh, with, and Blanc Pie, you know, it's it's not really a, a classed as a, a low end watchmaker. It's a high end watchmaker. It's up there with you know Rolex and Omega and everyone. Um, yes, easily. Easily. I mean, it's not so much. I, I don't think it's as popular here in North America as it is in Europe. I think it's way more popular in Europe. Um, but the price is just what is kind of off putting for me personally. What's the price? Have you even mentioned the price? $14,400. Well, okay. I mean, let me play devil's advocate here. You know, I mean, you, you can get sports Rolexes, you know, in, in that range at least. So what's the difference? Why is that okay? And why is this not okay? Oh, I'm not saying that's okay either. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's 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 gone up so much in price or uh, in the the price point. The ability to you know to get one is so out of range for most people that it's yeah. yeah I, it it is obnoxious, and I think this whole you know I I don't want to be cynical, but you know Hodinkee's recent trends with these special editions and their travel clock and. You know about the travel clock, right? This was like a bit of a controversy. A while oh, ago. did you did you see that? There, I have not seen that one. Okay, after this, you know, search Hodinkee travel clock and read the comments. <laughs> but basically, you know, they're getting into the business of really catering to, you know, really rich dudes uh, who are also watch nerds, and that there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a very specific market, and uh, yeah, I agree with you. Fourteen thousand four hundred bucks for a a tool watch is a lot, you know, and, yeah. I, and I don't, I don't understand why it needs to be that way. Um, I actually remembered something and I added something to the notes. There is another execution to this watch. Um, it's called the Mark. We've talked about Mark two watches, right? So they, they typically yeah. do homage watches. Um, I believe the gentleman's Bill Yao. I've met him, I think once or twice. He's a great guy. Uh, really, really, really like the Omega Seamaster 300 execution that he did. Um, people would say that's probably the best <laughs> Omega Seamaster 300 vintage that you can get right now. Yeah, it's I, I basically believe... the old one, and it's updated, you know, technology. So, what were you gonna say, Sims? I believe we've covered that. Maybe I think so. Last year. So he has actually also is also a big fan of this watch, and he is making a Mark II version called the Tornick Rayville Mark II, um, and I, you click the link, Sanch, and you can take a look at his execution. Um, 
uh, you may actually need to Google it. There's no pictures on the website for some weird reason, but it is a, pretty much the exact same watch. Yeah. Um, and it's for pre-order right now. I think the deposit's 450. I don't know what the final price will be, but uh, it's a very attractive watch, and it's it's the same exact uh, execution. And, and and I would I would bet you that it's going to be a lot cheaper than the 14,400 that uh, Bong Pan is asking for. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah, it's it's a beautiful design. I really like that moisture indicator. I like that case design. I think it's really attractive. But I agree with you. I think for basically a tool watch and you know basically a combat diver, there's no precious metals as as far as I know, right? There's, I mean, no, I don't it's... understand what the price. You know, basically it's it's that the market will allow it, so they're charging it. I, I think it's a big exactly. Price. I mean. You're getting, you know, fourteen. You're paying fourteen thousand four hundred, and you get only a NATO strap. I mean, I hope. I'm not sure if it comes with a a metal bracelet as well, but if it only comes with a NATO strap, that's kind of disappointing. It's a bit much. Yeah. So I'm not sure if the Mark II execution will have a fully workable moisture indicator. They're gonna they're gonna do all the 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 designs to mimic that look, but um, it may not be, you know, exactly one to one, but. Uh, I think if you like that look and it's a beautiful look, uh, it's a great it's a great design. Uh, you know, I, I would say go for the Mark II. Yeah, I mean that it's moisture funny. that moisture indicator. I think that makes it extra vintagey. Um, yes, and, and it's I a agree. very unique feature. I mean, you got. I I don't think Sin does that. Do they? Yeah, they have that. It's on the side of some of their cases. But okay. It's, like a, it's it's a moisture indicator that turns blue. I think. If gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. There. Yeah. Um, yeah so um yeah so comparing this to their travel clock which i just looked at this is a much better project <laughs> like what they're charging fifty nine hundred dollars for our travel clock yeah this is uh i don't know if you've not been paying attention to what hodinky's been up to but uh they've they've been getting a lot of ridicule for some of their little cash grabs so this is just uh, this may this be next in line for their little schemes. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I you know I think Hodinkee's really gotten a lot more professionalized, and um, you know I think uh, you know the guy that ran it has now become the chairman of the board, and they've got a new CEO sitting in. Yes, and yes. They're really going kind of uh, becoming their own sort of thing, like a distribution channel versus. Uh, you know, versus just like an, a, a watch fans website. So it's uh, it's become its own thing. So obviously, you know, when you have this much money sloshing around in an organization, you got to be kind of careful with, uh, you know, what they're selling and what they're reviewing and that sort of stuff. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. I, I like the watch a lot. I think I think it looks great. Yeah, um, no, I, I do too. And to I be think, honest, yeah. if it's, I don't know what the price of a regular 50 Fathoms is, but if it's not too far off from 14,400, then... It makes you know makes it relative to the the regular fifty five. The rest of it, yes, exactly. a bit of a deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what I, I agree with that. I I mean, so I'm looking at a Joma shop. You can get the regular Blanc Pond dive watch. Is it the fifty fathoms? It looks very similar for about ten grand. So. Okay, so yeah, it's a fifty fathoms. It's a modern fifty fathoms. Is about ten grand. Yeah, so this is a I'm, yeah. I think I'm looking at the same one too. It's a modern interpretation. And it looks nice too, but um, and it's what ten grand retail retail for forty five. Yeah, so, so same. It's in it's in line. So I don't think it, 
So for Blancpain, I don't think it's crazy. I, I think it's just crazy overall. But... Yeah, it's crazy overall, but in in, in the Blancpain 50 Fathoms lineup, it's actually well-priced. Very reasonable, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is some good, some interesting piece of consumer advice. It's expensive, but relative to the lineup, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, sure. I mean, if you're gonna if you're shopping for a blanc pond, this is the blanc pond to get, right? Yeah, that's I mean, basically what we would say. Have you actually seen a blanc pond boutique in 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 the U.S.? I've not come across one. I think I've seen one. I'm Maybe, not sure if I saw it in Boston or New York, actually. I may I've have seen, seen it I in Vegas. I may have. I'm not. I cannot I can't confirm that, but it is rare to find a blanc pond. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a very niche brand. You know, I'm not sure who the market is, to be honest, you know, I, I, I've never seen a Blanc Pond in the wild, uh, to be honest. I, I don't think I have yet. I, I have, could be wrong. I mean, it's yeah. a very subtle brand unless you really know what you're looking for. But I think it is more popular. I read that somewhere from some time ago that it, it is a bit more popular in Europe. Um, they even had a racing series, you know, where the, the Blanc Pond racing series where it was in affiliated with Lamborghini. So... I mean, it sounded like a bunch of rich, rich guys just blowing their money on Lamborghini race cars, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've got my own own feelings about that. Rich barons, you know, barons, yeah, princes. So, these are people that you don't mind if they if they flush their money down the toilet. So I don't, I don't have a problem with that. That's why you sell them the Hodinkee travel clock. That's right. <laughs> So, I mean, we're, we're clearly not of this market, right? This is not for us. No. I think the next watch is more up our alley. And this is the Baltic, um, Baltic Watches Aquascuff GMT. Um, this is actually a follow-up to a pretty popular, their regular Aquascape dive watches, um, which were, I think, came out in 2017, I want to say. Um, they're a relatively recent brand, but you know they do a lot of good. They put a lot of thought into their watches to bring it a, a, a bit of a vintage look um, without being too over the top, right? So the, they're, mm -hmm. they're, the cases are sized appropriately. There's a lot of thought that goes into the typography and the design and the colors that are used. And uh, the Aquascraft has been, you know, quite successful. It's a, it's a very attractive watch for under a grand. And um, to follow that up, uh, you know, they they've they've gone into producing a GMT version, um, which, you know, from what I hear, has been, has been generating a lot of buzz. Um, so it's 39 millimeter sized. Um, they're offering it in beads of rice or a tropic strap, either in blue or black. Um, interestingly, it's got a Silk Road C125 movement in there. So it's not a Solita or, or an ETA movement, uh, but they're comparable, um, comparable to the ETA 2893. Um, and I think the Solita SW330. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a very attractive watch. If you look at the bezel insert, um, it, it's actually sapphire. It's not it's really not a mineral. It's not a mineral uh, insert. And they've got a very cool. Um, basically, it comes in three colors. It comes in blue green, blue on the top. It's blue gray, blue on the top, and then this blue orange. And if you look at the blue orange, um, that is a very very evocative combination right it's not your regular pepsi it's got a it's got a kind of a vintage look to it yeah um, it kind of reminds me so it's i wouldn't say it's a true 
golf colors, but it just reminds me of like it's close. It's close. And even the blue green has got kind of that that kind of era color scheme. Uh, I yeah. really like it. Yeah. So it's very. No, it's a very it's very, very attractive. attractive. Yeah. And, and, you know yeah. the use of the the numerals just brings back, let's say, the GMT, the original GM, Rolex GMT Master. Before yes. Rolex changed the numeral when they went ceramic dial. Yes, and if you uh, if, and if you look at the actual GMT hand, the hand is the same color as the secondary color on the bezel. Yes, and they've they've matched it up. Um, well, actually, the green and the orange are matched up. the The gray actually has a blue hour hand, but still, I I I really like it. Um, yeah, no, it's very nice. It's, it's very, very nice. It's a very good, attract, uh, good setup that they've got. And it's consistent. And the interesting thing is the hands and the markers are consistent with the regular Akoskaf. It is part of a line. It's part of a design language, which I think, gotcha. is, which I think is great, you know, which, yeah. uh, which makes it its own sort of uh, family of watches. So Yeah, so the bezel is an aluminum insert with a silicon with the crystal on top like coated with the crystal i think so um it was it's it's a sapphire bezel sapphire crystal sorry did i say silicon i said sapphire i said silicon i'm sorry sapphire crystal yeah yeah i i think so i i i obviously haven't touched it i'm I'm going just by yeah basically descriptions and and uh what i can see but it, it it looks i think it's supposed to evoke the old uh what's that material sense before plastic that was used um, and watches and stuff like that. It's a pre-plastic. Do you know what I'm talking about? Pre-plastic. So before plastic was a thing, they were using this for like... Bakelite. Bakelite. It's supposed to give you the look. I think what they're going for is the look of that Bakelite bezel. You know, yeah, that they, that I think... they had back in the day. Yeah, and I think Rolex used Bakelite in the first iteration of the GMT Master on its bezel. You may be right. You may be right. And I think it was, you know, it's it's kind of sought after because Bakelite, when it ages, it starts to crack, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and believe it or not, in the watch collecting world, you know, when you have cracks on the, the dial or on the bezel, it's kind of like collectible. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it, I think that's what they were going for with the bezel, um, which I, I think it works. I mean... It, the best of both worlds, right? You're getting that Bakelite look without actually having to do with Bakelite. So that's probably as good as it gets. Uh, on the case back, you've got um, basically a indicator by time zones uh, around the yeah. world. So you can, you can line nice. it up. So it's it's really, really done well. The brand is uh, assembled in France. Um, and I've, okay. actually, I've actually met the gentleman uh, who run it. They came for a one-on-one event in New York. This was years ago. And they, and they were very knowledgeable. And you can tell that they're watch fans because, you know, you look at the design of the watch, a lot of thought has gone into it, and they really respect that vintage aesthetic. Um, so it's, it's done really respectfully. It's not really bashing you over the head saying vintage, 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 faux vintage, you know. It's, it's very yeah, much I mean, vintage without, you know, really yelling vintage. They put their own little touches, you know. Yeah. You know, it, this, this design, obviously, again, we go back to the Rolex GMT Master or the GMT Master Two, you know. It was that that created that general aesthetic, but Baltic apply, you know, has their own little touch. For example, like the twelve o'clock, uh, where have the you know the twelve numeral, yeah. and they have like the date indicator on the six o'clock. Which and I it's like. Very, they they yeah. have a 
uh, black background for the date, which is a bugaboo for me. So I, I really like that. It's not a white background. That would have been exactly, a exactly, and it's deal got breaker. Yeah. a deal breaker. And you know, it's even got a nice white border. It's you know, it's little things, but it really stands out. Yeah, I. Uh, so I, you know, for me, this this is this is a home run. I think I think what I think so. done here is really well. And and the best part is the price. All right, you ready for the cinch? Give it. So it's about one thousand one hundred and five bucks on a rubber strap. If you put that on the beads of rice, you're looking at twelve hundred all in, which is really not bad. For yeah, that's not. European I would just go for the beads of rice. rice. Yeah, yeah, the beads of rice looks really attractive too. And it's um, only what ninety five dollars more for a bracelet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and the other... I look, so I mean, okay. First of all, which color would you choose? I actually think I'd, I'd go for the green and blue. Ooh, yeah, that one's a contender for me as well. I think the blue gray, as as much as I like it in the Yima, uh, it doesn't pop as well because the Bakelite really, that Bakelite look really comes out with those brighter colors. And uh, yeah, you know what? I'll go for the blue and green. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. What I also like about the bezel is it's also illuminated as well. Yes. Yes. So it actually makes it a, a proper tool watch if you were to travel a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I, I think I think all in all, it's a very very attractive watch. Uh, so this this, you know, you went all high end. Okay, you went country clubby. You went, you know. Yeah, I went Mar a Lago. <laughs> you went Mar a Lago with your with your. Uh, with your dive 50 watch, fathoms? Yeah, 50 right. fathoms, and uh, I've, I've kept it more blue collar, as usual. So. Hey, man, I got to mingle with these with these crowds, you know? <laughs> they, all have, they all have Rolexes, you know, all these kind of watch. In. You got to fit in. And the only way I can do it is to stand out with the 50 fathoms. <laughs> all right, all right. So um, that's good. I think that's all we had to cover today. What about... Uh, Watch a buy and send. I know. I know. We've been hunting for deals because it's Christmas time, and you know the weird thing is, you and I have a habit of buying watches around Christmas time. I don't know if you know that. Yes, the second half of the year, we we start to really start, you know, look into deals. I mean, it's, it's the the best time to for consumer retail in the U.S. Yes, and um, usually, let's say we buy a watch between December to February. Um, then there's a the period of self-loathing and self-hatred for about three or four months. And then come summertime, fall, you start getting to watches again, repeat the process into the next year, right? Yes. <laughs> so. I mean, you more than me. I, I sometimes, you know, just, you know, be your shadow pretending that I'm buying the watch as well. I, but I'm, you're the I'm, one. I'm like the dealer trying to get you back in the game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so what do, what do we got? What do we got uh, this time? So the first one, I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit because this one's something you've been keeping an eye out for. It's the Jungens Meister uh, Pilot Chronoscope Chronograph. Oh, hand wind. It's chronograph. hand. Yes, so it's going back to that classic Jungens uh, Meister, you know, Flieger watch. It's the, the J eighty eight Flieger that yes. they used to they used to issue to German pilots back in the day. Yes. So this Very is attractive. a colorful expression of that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really a fan of the colorway to be honest. I, I would prefer the traditional 
colorway. But uh, you got I mean, the scalloped bezel. You know, that's a classic yeah. look. I mean, um, Tommy, when it comes to color, you, it's just hard to please you. Like when you said you will like the blue and green on the Baltic, I was actually shocked. <laughs> I, I, I threw a curveball for you. Yeah, usually you would ask for like black, black and white. Black and white, black on black. Yeah, black on no, black. I for the Jung Hans, yeah, it looks good. I I, I actually think if you're looking at Jung Hans, um, go for the Telemeister. Yeah, the, I mean Jung Hans Meister. I'll tell you which model to go for. If you're if you're looking at Joma Shop, check out the Jung Hans Meister Telemeter Chronograph Automatic. I think that's uh, that's more up my alley. Um, you know, by Compax, it's an automatic movement. Um, but uh, it's also on sale uh, for fourteen seventy two on Joma Shop. So. Okay, so let's uh, backtrack this a bit. You have undercut my watch buying with this watch. <laughs> <laughs> you got something? I got something cheaper. So this one is 1472, which is the Youngens Meister Telemeter Chronograph Automatic. Uh, the one I'm referring to, which is the Meister Chronoscope Chronograph, is 1795. 1795. Both very attractive. Both very attractive. They're both attractive. Very different watches. Yeah. Um, I guess mine is more of a driving watch. More, It's got a tachymeter scale on it. So it's uh, yours is a more of a traditional stopwatch. Yeah. Uh, complication. But uh, yeah, but both are very good. I like it, Sanch. Very good. You got All right. This, this is hard to please. You're hard to please. The next one I'm going to cover is another, you know, old pilot watch recreation is the Hamilton Khaki Aviation. I believe they call it the Pioneer. Okay. Um, chronograph. Yes. Gotcha. And it's, gotcha. I believe this is in connection to the original Hamilton uh, khaki watch, which was part of the Fab Four. You know a little bit more than I do on this topic. So yeah, so I mean, the the khaki was not part was the Fab Four is years before the khaki line was invented. But the khaki line has this Fab Four recreation watch in black, and the one the example that you have here uh, at Ashford is actually like a cream colored. Yeah, uh, it's watch. not a yeah. true representation of that um, Fab Four design. So um, Newmark, actually, the Newmark that I have, HS Chronograph, is a, a white background Fab Four. And those watches did exist. You know, they, they existed specifically for, I think, uh, Navy sub, Royal Navy Submariners. And I, I don't know if Royal Navy Pilots also got it. So it was, it was a Navy specification to get it in white mm -hmm. uh, in some cases. Okay. Now, I don't know if Hamilton did that. I like this a lot. You know, it's it's basically the same design language as as the Fab Four, but you know they've got uh, they've got the the date window at four thirty, which is interesting. Um, it is interesting, but kind I of guess a curveball. Yeah. My only complaint of that is the angle of the date, because it's on a disc, right? So it rotates, and because they put the window where it is you see yeah. the date at a at an angle yeah and and you know they they could have just turned the font but uh they did it so i, I don't know what to make of that uh, okay so if i were to tell you you can get this watch at 799 bucks would that still bother you so i'll tell you why i don't like either this one or 
the the black execution of of this Hamilton Fab Four. And it's really, it's two things. One, I find it weird that the 12 and six are bigger than the other numerals. Um, and I also don't like the new Hamilton font. The you like the old Hamilton? Hamilton. Yes, I like the Jet Age Hamilton font. It, the it, one that is on the chronomatic or the intramatic. Uh, it's a, make me look and double it, check. It's at an angle, the lettering. Yes, exactly, exactly. That, that's the classic one. If you look at the Fab Four watches, that's the font that they use. That's the, that's the logo that they have. So, You know what you should do, that, Tommy? That would have made all the difference in the world if they just used that old font back here. I don't know why they're hell-bent. And to be honest, you know, Sanj, this is a bugaboo of mine, too. I don't know why they even call the line khaki. I, I don't understand the... I, I know they're all sort of military-ish watches, but I find that to be a weird branding exercise. <laughs> so... I don't know. I, I think they should ditch it. But um, yeah, you know, these are the bugaboos. I, if, you, if you're going for this watch, if you want that, that white, you know, uh, white, uh, white dial, get the new mark. It's, it's the same watch. It's a Mecca Quartz, whatever, who cares? But um, you're getting an execution, you get, yeah, and, and I think a better execution than what they did here. That's my so what you're trying to say is, Tommy, is that you want Hedinki to collab with Hamilton to create a faithful representation of the Fab Four. Yeah, the problem is it'll be like twenty thousand dollars, and <laughs> the most uh, expensive. Hamilton. Yeah, you know, you you'll just <laughs> you'll just walk away upset. I mean, those Fab Four watches. If you if you if you look them up on eBay, and I check I check eBay nearly daily to to, to look up these watches because I can't help it. Um, you know, they command a heck of a heck of a premium. You know, oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, for sure. And they're really attractive watches, and and you could tell, you know, they're they're really iconic. Um, the ones that I'd never see are, are those Persista versions, um, mm. or Newmark for that matter. But gotcha. Uh, regularly, we'll see Hamilton and C CWC pop up. Okay, so this one's a bust. <laughs> this one's a bust. It's more for not that it's not a good value, but really the weird design decisions that Hamilton did um, in this watch. I just don't like the logo. You know what? Date. Out of and spite, I'm know. going to buy it. <laughs> and then I'm just going to flood the Instagram with this. Hey, hey go for it. I'm, I'm all <laughs> for it. You do it. Um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a strange decision. So Hamilton does it in black as well. Yeah. I don't like the cream. Um, you know, but, you know, you've got the same problem. It's, it's the logo. It's the date. It's it, it just, um, you know doesn't do it for me. I think I prefer it in black, actually. It's, it's more tolerable in black than cream. And it's also on sale. So um, at Nordstrom for 900 bucks. So. You're a monochromatic guy. Well, I, yeah. Uh, plus, I have it already in whites or, or creams. So I don't really need another one. But I, would... I mean, you can always get another one. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. Come on. When is that I would stop you from looking? Uh, That's true. So That's you, true. You, you got the Zen, and you were looking at two team Boons the other day. Can't help it, man. Can't help <laughs> it. Um, the one thing I do want to point out, this is a very unique design feature, actually. So if you look at the NATO strap, if you see where the holes are for, you know, you put the buckle through. Yeah. It's outfitted with, a, I believe, maybe it looks like a leather lining. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Something it's like a premium, premium NATO. Yeah, execution. it looks nice. I like it. I like it. That's, that's yeah. 
gives yeah, it a little I, bit extra strength and toughness, I guess. Yeah, I, and I think the things to fix this watch are relatively easy. You know, I think just make it more, more of a tool watch. You know, I get rid of that, get rid of that date window. You don't need it, and fix the numerals and fix the logo. I think that's all you really need to do, and it, you you have a and fix the case, watch. fix the color. No, the case is perfect. Case is perfect. Color's fine. I have no problem with it. Fix. Um, uh, make it not a clear you're just telling Hamilton to change the watch <laughs> <laughs> well you know the other thing is I don't know how high the watch sits oh it's a 16 millimeter watch Ooh, that is pretty thick isn't it that's thick man and Hamilton does this all the time those watches are too that, you're a Hamilton GMT that thing for just a GMT watch that thing's a hubcap there's no need for that right? <laughs> it's, it's obnoxious I don't know what these guys are thinking so all right so yeah. in conclusion Hamilton make thinner watches that's what i'm gonna say in conclusion i'm saying recommend i'm recommending it you are saying forget about it get them get the new mark get the save, new mark. save your dough get the new mark You're save your dough it. get the new mark all right cool all right so mix mix bag in the watch buying field <laughs> <laughs> slightly disappointed um, i feel for every watch that you've had i've come up with a an alternative you have alternative <laughs> sometimes it doesn't always work i think yeah whatever man <laughs> yeah it worked you know it, it is what it is um actually incidentally i'm just checking the new mark 6bb the black execution is sold out so you can't even get one if you want one so the funny thing is, I think Hamilton, you know, this is just a theory of mine. So the one I'm recommending with the cream color dial, I don't think they're selling these as much as the black dial. I think it's the black dials are the ones that are sought after, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree, because they look like the Fab Four watch. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I agree. Um, but, you know, I'm telling you, it, I, I think they've updated the watch kind of inadequately. I'm not a fan of what the stuff they did. So that's, it's, that's just the long and short of it for me. It's it's like, you know, think of this as like the Ford Bronco that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, but I've completely done a 180 on the new Land Rover Defender. So uh, not a fan. So. Oh, okay. So you were a fan in the beginning and now you're not a fan. Well, you know, I, I think we spoke about it. I think that you and I both appreciated the vintage callbacks in it. But it's not a Defender. It's a much softer vehicle. Uh, the suspension is... They got that electronic suspension now. They, they went away from that traditional coil suspension. Um, so it makes it better off-roading if it's air suspension. Yes, but it's also a softer vehicle, no? I mean... How many you are you going to take your old, I mean, your Defender off roading every day? No, but you don't buy a Defender. I mean, you like the possibility of being able to do that. It is very capable, very, very capable. You'll be shocked at what it can do. I don't know, man. I've, I've got my doubts. I've got my doubts about that new Defender. I think if you're going to get a Defender, get the old Defender and, and just it's be simple. on the side of the road. Well, the new Defender is going to be on the side of the road, too, okay? Far <laughs> you can less. fix the old Defender with a wrench. You can't fix the new Defender with a wrench. So. <laughs> I don't know. There, it's That's all the metric difference. on the Defender. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, you're going to be fixing it no matter what. But it depends what, what you need to fix, right? So. Oh, I'm a huge uh, fan of the new Defender, too. Uh, the only really? thing that, that drives me is, is off-putting is the price. It is pretty pricey. 
But I do yeah, like the. I mean, the Land Rover was was a glorified farm vehicle. Like it shouldn't be this expensive. I, there's no need for it. it well, I, I mean, I understand markets have changed. I, I mean, you know, it's it's like old man yelling at the clouds. I understand. You know, but times have changed, but still, it it is kind of ridiculous. I mean, weren't you just yelling at the nor'easter clouds this That's morning? Right. Well, you know, just get a Suzuki Jimny. Just call it a day. Right? You can't even get that here. Is it, really? It's restricted in North America. Yeah. It's not sold here. I don't know that. All right, well, get a get a get a Land Cruiser. Get an Australian Land Cruiser. You're better off. Oh my goodness! You know how much a Land Cruiser costs, brand new. You know, from Australia. Toyota, from in, in the U.S. You can pick up a Land Cruiser in the U.S. How much? Eighty-five thousand. Yeah, don't get that one. I'm talking about the Australian Land Cruisers. So you want it in right-hand drive? We will deal with these issues as they arise. <laughs> I mean, I can't fix all your problems, Sanch. Right? You're saying it's a glorified farm vehicle. I mean, the Wrangler was a utility vehicle, you know, with origins from the World War II with Willis, but now it's a glorified. Yeah, and it, it is a very capable off-roader, but it's also a lifestyle vehicle. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I just think that there's a dearth of those class of vehicles that are utility vehicles first, okay? And, and they're, they're simple and they, they just run. Like I'm thinking of the Toyota Land Cruiser like 70 series, like the J70. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about, right? The stuff pure that they mechanical. still sell in Australia, pure mechanical. It's still being sold. There's nothing wrong with in it. In the Australian Outback. Exactly. You know, I mean, that, that, that vehicle is closer to what a, an old Land Rover was than, you know, the new Land Rover is right now, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, times have changed. You have to go. Yeah, I understand. You know, people like me, the old cowboys, you know, we're all riding off into the sunset. I know. You, have you ever ridden on a horse? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. The only time you've ever ridden on a horse was Red Dead Redemption 2 on your PlayStation 4. <laughs> <laughs> Never played it. Heard it's good. <laughs> and even then you fell off. <laughs> How dare you? Okay, so. all, right, all right. All right. We, we so... went off kilter there. Right. Yeah, well, that's a bit of a detour. Actually, I'll, I'll include a video on uh, this gentleman named Andrew St. Pierre White, I believe. He does Forex Overland. Uh, he's one of the you know, more famous Overland guys like in the world. He does a lot of Overland tours, and you know, he's driven Toyota. He's driven Land Rover. He's driven basically everything out there. He modifies cars. And he was talking about the new Defender and kind of its shortcomings. I think it's interesting. You know, uh, his opinion, for me, carries a lot of weight, so... Um, I'll include the video in our streaming goal this week. Listen, people can kind of make up their own minds. Your ideal Land Rover is uh, Camel Trophy Discovery Series Two or Series Three. Yeah, I mean, with yeah. with with the you know sand tracks mounted on the side. I mean, that's the dream. You know, I I love those vehicles. Actually, I saw. I mean, you don't need to go that far. There was a a awesome. Defender in my neighborhood, brand new one. Defender 110 had the rumble seats in the back, canvas top. Green. Wow. It was beautiful. Like I walked by this thing and I'm like, holy, and I know every car in my neighborhood. Like I, that, because we all have basically stickers to park here, right? So like it's the same. Oh, I thought you were looking seat. at, you know, you know, gone in 60 seconds here. Keeping it, it up. I, I was ready to jump in. The problem is, 
the guy lives two blocks away. So if I if I steal the car, he's gonna notice me <laughs> parking two streets over. <laughs> I mean, how many Land Rover Defenders are out there in your block? Exactly. Yeah, so he's gonna be like, "Yep, that's mine. I'll uh, take it back." But yeah, I mean, that is that is that is the dream, you know. So yeah, one day, uh, one day, one day, one day. Um. All right. I think I think we'll leave that leave it there, Sanch. You know, I'll I'll save my other streaming goal for another episode. Uh, Sounds keep good. Keep people in suspense. All right. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us for another Land Jam short. Uh, go ahead and please subscribe and like and, uh, you know, rate us on iTunes, actually. We could really use that. Kind of helps the podcast. And uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram at the Land Jam Pod and Twitter. Uh-huh.